0: you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center, we know just how hard it is to read God's word and understand it. So we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Hey guys, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here with Chris and Mandy. And after we have gone through this dark period of judges, we get this bright kind of redemptive story about Ruth uh, that occurs at the same time. So we just read through Judges. This story of Ruth is set within that period of Judges, uh, and it is a bright spot in a dark place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We actually all can, like, sigh relief. I think we actually did. Yeah. <laughs> the music is playing in the background. <laughs> so we get introduced to this story um, where Naomi, her sons, die. Uh, she has these two daughters-in-law that get a choice to go with her or not. You get this statement from Ruth, I'm going to go where you go. Your your God is going to be my God. Your family is going to be my family. Like You get this awesome picture of Ruth.
2: Um, what are the things that stand out to you guys as we talk through this thing? Well, one of the things why Ruth says your God will be my God is because she is a Moabite. Yeah. And so she is a foreigner, uh, but she is kind of hitching her wagon to the God of Israel. She is becoming one of their people— Uh, And it's just, when you see God bringing in people who aren't from Israel, it's good to notice. And he he treats them the same way. He doesn't discriminate against them. They become full members of Israel. In fact, they play significant roles in the future of Israel. Uh, And so that's one thing that jumps out at me is that God just welcomed in Ruth as a Moabite.
1: Uh, One of the things that I get really into and like, maybe it's a little bit weird. Maybe it's not, but we get, we get introduced to Boaz. So about Boaz is going to be like a pretty main character here in that Ruth is going to start working in his fields. She's going to eventually be married to Boaz. Uh, But one thing that's easy to miss about Boaz is he is the son of Rahab. So, that I think just immediately brings more context to the, the entire narrative because Rahab is a foreigner. Like she may be the only person spared from Jericho. She is willing to be faithful to God. So her her unique experience with the, the, the Hebrew God with Yahweh is definitely going to be taught to Boaz in some way. I'm sure at some point this story came up that we're like, I was a prostitute that lived in a wall and I was spared. <laughs> like, I'm sure he knows about this. So we get some of that character of Rahab, I think in what her son is like in Boaz. And what we know about Boaz is he is radically faithful in a very dark time. Um, there's a, there's a couple ways that we can see that. And a lot of it is cultural and kind of easy to miss. Um, you get the feel from the story that he is just a good guy. Um, but we see that Ruth is gathering like leftover grain in his fields. Uh, that's a law that's been set out by God that you're not supposed to gather up all the grain. You're supposed to leave it for people who need to be fed in this way. Um, we can assume that in the period of judges, that is not a common practice because everybody's doing what's right in their own eyes. Um, so just one way that Boaz stands out as righteous is that he's actually
2: doing what God's told him to do. Yeah. I mean, it'd be easy to think, why not keep the grain for yourself? Yeah, why not? Uh, I think he probably also has a little bit of a softer heart towards foreigners because of Of his mom. yeah. And uh, it would have been easy to kind of say, oh, she's a foreigner. We don't have to do this. Uh, But he treats her with respect. Uh, Ryan, you even mentioned like he's wanting to make sure she stays in his fields because the other fields aren't necessarily safe, Uh, especially in the time of judges. That is what we just came out of days of seeing that things were dark.
0: So I think it's like worth talking about, though, in the beginning, you know, so this family ends up in this place because of a famine. So they moved, they went here, and then they have this very dismal ending to a thing that maybe they thought was going to rescue them and make their life better, right, getting out of the famine. But now all of a sudden they're left with all these broken pieces. And I think it's pretty significant to talk about the fact that Ruth didn't return home because the the fate of someone who's a foreigner is, is not good. Um, so... I don't know if it explicitly says it. I think it it points to it, but her devotion to wanting to serve God mm-hmm. was greater than her desire to go back and have an easy life. Um, and I think that's pretty incredible, um, her trust in God and her commitment to Naomi. And just, like, Ruth kept showing up and doing the work. Like, she literally – um, was so um, faithful and so humble, like to to do what she did to gather all of the stuff behind all the women. And her response to Boaz when he talked to her was just like very, um, yeah, very humble. And so I think that's a really big deal that she made the decision to stick with Naomi and not return home.
2: Yeah, I was saying a little bit earlier, this is actually a great book to do some character studies on, that if if you want to go through this book, you can literally, the whole book's only four chapters, you can read it through once and say, what can I learn from Naomi? Another time, what what about Ruth? What about Boaz? And it's another way that you can look at Scripture is just by looking at the lives of these people. And for the most part, they're good people to look at, uh, which is such a breath of fresh air. (laughs)
1: It's really interesting. I mean, they're definitely good people to look at. But if you consider that they're out of the period of
2: the judges, it's like they're exceptional people to look at.
0: Yeah. So what do we think makes a difference?
2: I I mean, I definitely think it shows that even in the darkest periods, there are people living faithfully, Um, you know, and we, I think that's a good thing for us to remember that uh, God's plan marched on even in spite of this horrible period of the judges that Hey, here's these faithful people. There's a foreigner that God leads to come back. Boaz is, you know, led by God to kind of connect with her, and they are forever a part of the the story, God's whole story uh, of what's going on.
0: I think we would be doing a disservice if we didn't do dating advice from this book. Since a couple days ago, we did some what not to do with Samson. Um, One thing, you know, I know the Bible is not a dating guide, but you know, whatever. Let's just talk about it a Thanks little bit. Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, Just in
2: case any of our listeners were wondering.
0: Yeah, like dating wasn't a thing then. So this is certainly not yeah. a dating guide. dating advice
2: from the Bible is marry who your
1: parents say. Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. At best. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but one thing I did notice, and I think like it's, I don't know, I think it's noteworthy, is that Ruth like literally was was going about her own business, doing what she needed to do. And she was noticed. And like Boaz noticed her faithfulness. He noticed her character. I'm sure he noticed that she was beautiful, um, all those things. But I think that there's something to be said about that. There's something to be said about when you show up and you continue to be faithful and you can continue to do what God's asking you to do. um, You can trust that your path will be set for you by God. So um, I think that's one thing that's cool. You can speak on behalf of men.
2: Well, there's probably part of this story that is a little bit different than the dating scene that we should explain. Uh, so this idea of being a family redeemer is the way that this version says it. Other versions will say it, the kinsman redeemer. Uh, this was something that was built into their culture, and it was actually a, it was a good thing because when a woman's husbands and sons would die, she could often become destitute. She would have no one to provide for her. And the idea of having children, that was a claim to the future. That was like making sure that things continue on. And so there was this value in this culture that you— it was a service to women for them to have a kinsman redeemer so they could have a husband, so they could have children, so they could be taken care of. So in this situation, obviously, we know there's tons of tragedy that opens the story, but Boaz being able to be that next person in line that would do this to make sure the family line continues, that that's an important part that It's a little bit hard for us to understand in our culture, but it was a important part of theirs. And it was actually a great thing to make sure that life continued. I
1: I think something just to add to that is that we see that Boaz is faithful because he he considers that other family redeemer. So he's like, wait, we got to go talk to this other guy. Um, the other guy says like, at first he says, Hey, there's a bunch of land that you can have. And the guy's like, Oh yeah, I definitely want that land. he's like, okay. And there's a wife. And he's like, no, I I don't want, I don't want that. Um, there's a chance you had mentioned Chris that it could be because she's a foreigner. He doesn't want to marry a foreigner. Uh, something that sticks out to me is that he actually doesn't want to dilute his, uh, inheritance. Mm -hmm. Um, and Boaz is willing to take on both. So not to be like, Oh, look at Boaz. He's so responsible, but like to recognize his character that, this is not a no-cost thing to him. Like, it, he's a very rich man. Um, this is going to dilute his inheritance. He is going to stand out a little bit in marrying a foreigner. Uh, I think it just adds to that character study of
2: who Boaz is and that he's he's wildly faithful and he's, he's a pretty great guy. So we do have that little story of this basically when Ruth comes to the threshing floor. And she lets Boaz know that you are my kinsman deemer, redeemer. So this is maybe the part that we don't want the dating advice so much in this. But <laughs> first of all, a woman on the threshing floor, this would have been out of the ordinary. So this was a surprise in itself. But basically what we do have here is that Ruth is communicating in a cultural way that she would like to have Boaz marry her, that he is her kinsman redeemer. When it says she uncovered his feet, that's probably a euphemism, which euphemism is a mild term for something a little bit more harsh. She probably un- uncovered more than his feet, which again was the culture. Um, like his knees. Yeah, maybe a little higher. <laughs> but anyway, um, so it is a little bit unique. But again, what do we see? We see the way Ruth does it, she does it in the honorable way. And the way Boaz responds, he doesn't immediately say, yep, I take you up on your offer. He wants to make sure that things are done in the right way. So he uh, doesn't take her as his wife right at that moment. He goes through the right process. And later, uh, they go through and get married. And we'll see kind of how that all leads into God's whole story a little bit more in the days to come.
1: There is a lot that you can get out of this thing. This is another story that's worth reading into, studying for yourself. Uh, it's pretty tough to do it complete justice in a twenty-minute podcast set. There's a lot you can dig into here. It's very, it's a, it's a great story, and it's a great story of how God is redemptive uh, in super dark periods, um, and it's also a great story of just how like personal character is wildly important, and how God uses that. We're gonna see more of this tomorrow, how God chooses to use that. Um, but to me, it's, it's, it's capped on either end. Like the, it starts with Rahab who's faithful to God. It's going to take us all the way to David, who's going to be faithful to God most of the time. Um, it, it's very cool. I love this story. Um, we could probably do several podcasts just on this story. Um, but we will talk about a little bit more tomorrow, so we'll see you tomorrow. Sounds good. All right. Bye. Bye. So Naomi returned from Moab accompanied by her daughter-in-law Ruth, the young Moabite woman. They arrived in Bethlehem in late spring at the beginning of the barley harvest. Now there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi's husband, Elimelech. One day Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go out into the harvest fields to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. "'Naomi replied, "'All right, my daughter, go ahead.' "'So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters. "'And as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, "'the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. "'While she was there, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. "'The Lord be with you,' he said. "'The Lord bless you,' the harvesters replied. "'Then Boaz asked his foreman, "'Who is that young woman over there? "'Who does she belong to?' And the foreman replied, She is the young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters. She has been hard at work ever since, except for a few minutes of rest in the shelter. Boaz went over and said to Ruth, Listen, my daughter, stay right here with us when you gather grain. Don't go to any other fields. Stay right behind the young women working in my field. See which part of the field they are harvesting, and then follow them. I have warned the young men not to treat you roughly, and when you are thirsty, help yourself to the water they have drawn from the well. Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. What have I done to deserve such kindness, she asked. I am only a foreigner. Yes, I know, Boaz replied, but I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband." I have heard how you left your father and mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. I hope I continue to please you, sir, she replied. You have comforted me by speaking so kindly to me, even though I am not one of your workers. At meal time, Boaz called to her, Come over here and help yourself to some food. You can dip your bread in the sour wine." So she sat with his harvesters, and Boaz gave her some roasted grain to eat. She ate all she wanted and still had some left over. When Ruth went back to work again, Boaz ordered his young men, let her gather grain right among the sheaves without stopping her, and pull out some heads of barley from the bundles and drop them on purpose for her. Let her pick them up and don't give her a hard time. So Ruth gathered barley there all day, and when she beat out the grain that evening, it filled an entire basket. She carried it back into the town and showed it to her mother-in-law. Ruth also gave her the roasted grain that was left over from her meal. "'Where did you gather all this grain today?' Naomi asked. "'Where did you work? May the Lord bless the one who helped you.'" So Ruth told her mother-in-law about the man in whose field she had worked. She said, "'The, Lord, the, the man I worked with today is named Boaz.'" May the Lord bless him, Naomi told her daughter-in-law. He is showing his kindness to us as well as to your dead husband. That man is one of our closest relatives, one of our family redeemers. Then Ruth said, what's more, Boaz even told me to come back and stay with his harvesters until the entire harvest is completed. Good, Naomi exclaimed. Do as he said, my daughter, stay with his young women right through the whole harvest. You might be harassed in other fields, but you'll be safe with him. So Ruth worked alongside the women in Boaz's fields and gathered grain with it until the end of the barley harvest. Then she continued working with them through the wheat harvest in early summer, and all the while she lived with her mother-in-law. One day Naomi said to Ruth, my daughter, it's time I found a permanent home for you so that you will be provided for. Boaz is a close relative of ours, and he's been very kind by letting you gather grain with his young women. Tonight he will be winnowing barley at the threshing floor. Now do as I tell you. Take a bath and put on perfume and dress in your nicest clothes. Then go to the threshing floor. But don't let Boaz see you until he has finished eating and drinking. Be sure to notice where he lies down. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down there. He will tell you what to do. I will do everything you say, Ruth replied. So she went down to the threshing floor that night and followed the instructions of her mother-in-law. After Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he lay down at the far end of the pile of grain and went to sleep. Then Ruth came in quietly, uncovered his feet and lay down. Around midnight, Boaz suddenly woke up and turned over. He was surprised to find a woman lying at his feet. Who are you? he asked. I'm your servant Ruth, she replied. Spread the corner of your covering over me, for you are my family redeemer. The Lord bless you, my daughter, Boaz exclaimed. You are showing even more family loyalty now than you did before, for you have not gone after a younger man, whether rich or poor. Now don't worry about a thing, my daughter. I will do what is necessary, for everyone in town knows you are a virtuous woman." But while it's true that I am one of your family redeemers, there is another man who is more closely related to you than I am. Stay here tonight, and in the morning I will talk to him. If he is willing to redeem you, very well. Let him marry you. But if he is not willing, then as surely as the Lord lives, I will redeem you myself. Now lie down here until morning. So Ruth lay at Boaz's feet until the morning, but she got up before it was light enough for people to recognize each other. For Boaz had said, no one must know that a woman was here at the threshing floor. Then Boaz said to her, bring your cloak and spread it out. He measured six scoops of barley into the cloak and placed it on her back. Then he returned to the town. When Ruth went back to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, what happened, my daughter? Ruth told Naomi everything Boaz had done for her, and she added, "'He gave me these six scoops of barley and said, "'Don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed.' Then Naomi said to her, "'Just be patient, my daughter, until we hear what happens. "'The man won't rest until he has settled things today.'" Boaz went to the town gate and took a seat there. Just then, the family redeemer he had mentioned came by, so Boaz called out to him, "'Come over here and sit down, friend. "'I want to talk to you.'" So they sat down together. Then Boaz called ten leaders from the town and asked them to sit as witnesses, and Boaz said to the family redeemer, You know Naomi, who came back from Moab. She is selling the land that belonged to our relative, Elimelech. I thought I should speak to you about it so that you can redeem it if you wish. If you want the land, then buy it here in the presence of these witnesses. But if you don't want it, let me know right away because I am next in line to redeem it after you. The man replied, All right, I'll redeem it. Then Boaz told him, Of course, your purchase of the land from Naomi also requires that you marry Ruth, the Moabite widow. That way she can have children who will carry on her husband's name and keep the land in the family. Then I can't redeem it, the family redeemer replied, because that might endanger my own estate. You can redeem the land, I cannot do it. Now, in those days, it was the custom in Israel for anyone transferring a right of purchase to remove his sandal and hand it to the other party. This publicly validated the transaction. So the other family redeemer drew off his sandal as he said to Boaz, you buy the land. Then Boaz said to the elders and the crowd standing around, you are witnesses that today I have bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kileon, and Malon. And with the land I have acquired Ruth, the Moabite widow of Malan, to be my wife. This way she can have a son to carry on the family name of her dead husband and to inherit the family property here in his hometown. You are all witnesses today. Then the elders and all the people standing in the gate replied, We are witnesses. May the Lord make this woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, from whom all the nation of Israel descended. May you prosper in Ephrath and be famous in Bethlehem. And may the Lord give you descendants by this young woman who will be like those of our ancestor Perez, the son of Tamar and Judah. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM or you could actually email us at at podcastworshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you, and if you